the Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring John Martellero of the Mac Observer, and a little bit later we'll hear from outspoken columnist and podcaster Kirk McElhern, and he's always got some provocative things to talk about. All this and more. You'll be hearing it on the Tech Night Owl Live. So we have John Martellero of the Mac Observer joining us. I'm going to let him do most of the talking because my throat has seen better days and better years and things like that. Okay, Pardon? shut me up. <laughs> I would never do a thing like that. You know, people tell me to shut up all the time. You know, they say, shut up, sit down. No, that was somebody else. Somebody who has money. In any case... Three articles you did at Mac Observer kind of dovetailed with one another, so maybe we should lead into this. The headline being, it's going to be a fun but expensive autumn holidays for Apple products. And then you talk about some Apple products, so tell us more. I got the idea yesterday to go over not only the the list of Apple products that are due out this fall, and in the holidays, but also to add up the price and see what it would cost you to buy all these new toys. And that doesn't even include an iPad Pro, which came out in June, which I assume people, if they want, already have, unless for some reason they're saving up and want to do it as a gift over the holidays. And doesn't even include the new iMac Pro, which starts at $5,000. So what I did was I took a look at the cool small toys and the iPhone, which is an annual ritual, and added them up. I got the Apple Watch Series 3, which is likely, might well include an LTE radio system for data. Let's call it 400 bucks for an aluminum version and a radio. There might be a version without a radio that's cheaper, like there is now. And we got the HomePod. That's certain because that's been announced for December at $349. And then we got the iPhone 8, which a lot of people just sort of, you know, say, well, it's the latest and greatest. I got to have that. And there's been a lot of discussion about the price. I'm not seeing where these big numbers are coming from. The gross margins there are out of whack. Every time I look at an article, the price is bumped up. First, it was 1000 then 1100 then 1200 then 1400 And I've even seen $1,500. IHS has told me that the price of a 5-inch LCD display is not a whole lot different than a 5-inch OLED display. At, at those sizes, price is just a few dollars difference. Where does all that money come from? It could be because it's the top of the line. It's the 10th anniversary. It's going to have some features that maybe the other phones won't have, like an embedded touch ID in the OLED display. But, you know, come on, let's look at hardware costs. Is it really going to cost $1,400? I don't think so. But let's say 1100 for the sake of accounting our running our sum. And then finally, there was some very cool sleuthing recently done by a developer who found some references to a 4K Apple TV and the HomePod firmware. I'm thinking it's going to be a little more expensive because it's going to have to have have some extra hardware for H.265 decompression and for Dolby Vision, which showed up in the firmware of the HomePod. So as a reference to a 4K TV, so maybe $249 instead of $199. Before we add any more, how are they getting the firmware for HomePods? 
Ah, developers have to run a simulator to write software for iOS devices. And when you write software, for example, for the phone, you have a phone simulator so you can see what your app is going to look like. And to do a proper presentation of your device, in the case of the HomePod, you have to have the firmware so that iOS can leverage off of that and do the right thing so that you can build apps. They want to have apps that can connect to a HomePod. Or will the HomePod have apps? That's a good question. I haven't heard a lot about that yet. I've heard a lot about Siri and the display. We presume it will be able to run apps and be able to manage it somehow. But gee, I wish I'd read up more on that before we started. That's okay. We can just infer from that. Okay, so this is where all this information is coming from. This is where we're hearing all these secrets about the future products. But I want to shoot back to this alleged iPhone 8 or iPhone 10 or whatever Apple calls it. I've heard iPhone X. That more than iPhone 8. No, I've heard iPhone 8 most dominantly, and I'm convinced that that's the truth. But iPhone X is certainly possible in celebration of the 10th anniversary. Well, in any case here, right, OLED's going to cost just a few dollars difference. I am guessing the thing will be $100 more than the iPhone Plus, the iPhone 7S Plus. 7S Plus. Right, $100 more. Now, just bear in mind something here. A fully decked out iPhone 7 Plus is what, $969. Mm-hmm. So $100 more is $1,069. But that's, you know, within the range. That kind of makes sense. The question here is how many configurations will come and will there be a 128 and a 256? So if there's a 128, maybe it will be 969, the same as a 256 version of the 7S Plus or whatever we call it. So $100 difference, I can see that. And maybe that's where some of the early estimates came out. The rest is just fear-mongering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good way to get an article read. Clickbait. No, 1500 would be outrageous, uncalled for, and out of whack with the hardware we believe will be there. Now, obviously, yeah. the real debate about this iPhone 8 or whatever it's going to be called is what kind of biometrics it'll have. Because the claim being that it's going to be difficult for Touch ID, not because it's difficult, but because Samsung couldn't do it for ah. the Galaxy S8. But that doesn't mean Apple wouldn't find a way. They're using a different fingerprint sensor solution. The best rumor I saw was a floating Touch ID sensor in the OLED display that pops up when you need it, and you just touch it wherever you touch it and wherever it pops up in the display. That's where it's going to, the action's going to be. I thought that was pretty cool. You know, for a long time, we heard rumors that Apple was having trouble with embedding the Touch ID in the OLED layer or a layer underneath where there's a a sensor. That's true of any engineering product project. And I sort of got the feeling that those were months old and where it was in the early phase of R&D and they finally leaked out. But Apple guys are pretty sharp and they've never failed to deliver I'm, I'm thinking that the Apple will get it right. Just my hunch. I think the biggest, most important thing about this is the fact that with an iPhone, you've got to have something like a Touch ID, a basic biometric. Maybe there will be a facial sensor, but I tend to think that's more awkward to implement and more awkward to use. And 
Touch ID is required by Apple Pay, very important to Apple, by lots of apps other than Apple's own. Yeah, I always got the feeling that it was going to be sort of context sensitive, that both would come into play and there would be occasions when you had to do uh, both, maybe when you were logging onto the phone and holding it facing you, and it would detect your face and then you would punctuate with Touch ID. Other occasions where you'd already authenticated onto the phone, and as you said, you were going to do Apple Pay, you just touch the Touch ID sensor, so that alone is sufficient. There might be other occasions when facial recognition is easier. When, say, for example, it detects you're outside, it's cold, you're wearing gloves, you know. So I don't quite know how it's going to work. I haven't thought about it really deeply, but I just have this vague notion that it's going to be context sensitive in the right combination and the right way at the right time. That's all I know. And that's where you go. iPhone 8, maybe iPhone 10. The only thing I question about iPhone 8, even though it's used most often, is that would normally indicate the 2018 model. But then Apple can advertise this as, here's the 2018 model of the iPhone a year earlier because of our anniversary. Who knows? John Martellero of the Mac Observers here. We've got lots more to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. Your logo is your brand, your reputation. It's your most valuable asset. So what's the best thing to do with it? Give it away. When the experts at 4imprint put your logo on the right promotional products, giving those items away can make a lasting impression, empower your brand, and attract new customers. In fact, we'll prove it by revealing the top three promotional items for driving new customers absolutely free. Simply text the keyword ACT88 to 642642. We don't just print your logo. We're here to help you every step of the way. The 4imprint team can make your logo shine on your choice of thousands of promotional items, all delivered on time at great prices with free art assistance and outstanding customer service that's second to none. Want to turn your logo into profit? Give it away. Discover the top three promotional items for driving new customers absolutely free by texting ACT88 to 642642. That's ACT88 to 642642. 
anytime, any place, anywhere. Radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now, and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-557-0158. That's 800-557-0158. Again, 800-557-0158. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP Hardened Generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP Hardened Solar Generator Energy Insurance. For your family or business, call Portable Solar LLC today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. The best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live is to become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. Plus.technightowl.com. We give you the commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio, all the goodies. Plus.technightowl.com. So we're looking into all the things that Apple might be producing for fall introduction. We went to the iPhone 8 or 10, and we'll leave it there because we'll know. In a few weeks, what's going to happen? What about wireless charging? I mean, I've played with it before. I played with one of the early implementations of wireless charging, maybe 2008, 2009. And they had a special case for the iPhone so you could use it there. To me, it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. I just plug it in. Big deal. Hmm. I'm pretty sure there's going to be inductive charging for the convenience of not having to constantly wear on the plug or to be more in partnership with the Apple Watch where you just place it and pick it up and don't have to fuss with it. Of course, the Apple Watch is a great platform because you don't want to have a connector. From what I've read, it's pretty sure that there's going to be inductive charging and there could be elements there that we're not familiar with right now in terms of how fast it can charge. Again, that's all I can guess at. Well, not that it won't have it, 
but how big a deal it's going to be. Obviously, they'll say, well, other smartphones have had that already. Other smartphones have had OLED already. Apple is kind of behind the curve there. Of course, if Apple introduces a really good facial recognition feature, well, we can point out and Apple could laugh at Samsung and say, you know, with some other people, you just need a photograph (laughs) to break into facial recognition. But you can't do that with us. Well, everybody knows facial recognition has to look for eye blinks. So if Samsung isn't doing that, they're doing something wrong. Back to the inductive charging, you know, it just occurred to me that there are lots of places in our home where I can charge my iPhone. There's a charger on the kitchen sink that I reviewed and has some cables coming out of it, micro USB and a lightning. And it's convenient to charge your iPads in the kitchen area. There's one in the bedroom. There's one in my office. So I wonder how weird it's going to feel for people to say, well, there's only one favorite spot where I can do inductive charging, but if it's in use or it's inconvenient, I'll just plug in here. And then how's that, how's it going to make people feel about it? Is it going to seem like when you do the inductive charging, it's a wow factor or is it just different? I don't know. I don't worry too much about the cables and such. And the reason I don't is because I found a legitimate lightning cable That's approved by Apple, you know, meets the Apple standard for about $6 on Amazon. And I bought a couple of them and they work just fine. They're just as good as Apple's cables. So it doesn't bother me. If they were out, I'd have another one handy. Big deal. I tend to stay away from those cables unless I'm really certain they're MFI certified. I I mean, not certifiable. That's me. This is certified. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've heard stories about some discount cables that don't meet electrical standards found on Amazon in various places. And I'm not short of cables, but in the couple occasions when I have needed an extra cable, I figured just go ahead and buy one from Apple and be certain that it's safe. Right, but if it is rated, and hopefully the rating is accurate, as meeting Apple's standards. Well, that can be vague, you know, whether, whether it meets... Apple standards in terms of quality of construction, electrical insulation, the quality of the parts, where it needs to be metal instead of plastic, whether it meets the, the voltage requirements that it can carry. That could mean a lot of things. I'm not disparaging any particular product. I don't have anything special in mind. I'm just saying that you got to be careful about claims. Or we, can, we can sell you a, a $6 cable on Apple once. 25. There's a reason why it's six, and there's a reason why Apple charges a little more. Well, I'm going to look up the last one I ordered from Amazon, and I'll tell you about it as we get on. So let's just move on to other things. Apple okay. Watch. By the way, I do have the issue right here. It says Apple MFI certified white cable, 699. MFI certified. That's yes. good. I mean, that covers the required ground. Yeah. Here it is right here. Now it's five ninety nine. The price went down. Before your very eyes. Right. It's <laughs> Anchor Lightning to USB cable, three foot, which is... Oh, Anchor's got a good reputation. The, the, several of the staff members at the Mac Observer have put in a good word for Anchor. Right. It's five ninety nine. It doesn't ship, you know, two-day delivery, but it's free shipping for Prime members, but... It doesn't advertise a two-day delivery, but at least those are cables. I've tried two of them. I have one in the car, and I have one at home. And the one in the car, I assure you, 
If I use that one to try to charge an iPhone that wasn't certified, I get a warning because I've been there before and mm. I return those cables. Let's move mm. to the Apple Watch, okay? Okay. All right. We've been hoping, some of us, that Apple would find a way to have an LTE radio on it. And obviously, that's got to be a complicated thing. It's not just a space for the component, but also extra battery utilization. It cuts down battery life somewhat. And an antenna. That's right. Yeah, that's a Well, trick. that's just a, be between my ears. You know, like my favorite Martian with the <laughs> antenna thingy. So it's going to be between my ears. And some people think there's nothing between my ears, but we don't talk to those people anymore. I don't suck brains out. But, you know, that they had that, too. You know, they had these sci-fi films where they suck your brain, and that's it. But seriously speaking here, okay, so it's an antenna. It's some kind of component that's going to use more battery life. It's an antenna whose orientation is constantly changing. Okay. So does Apple have to leverage the watch band for this and have a special watch band for LTE Apple Watches? Oh, you're thinking like an engineer. That's a great question. Um, my thought is, is that Apple has put so much marketing effort into the customization of the bands that to tie you to a particular band would be a marketing mistake. And, and if the engineer came back and said, I need a special watch band for all these LTE Series 3s, you would tell them, go back to the lab and report to me when you've solved that problem. And the customer can put any band he wants or she wants onto the Apple Watch. So there may be uh, a region in the case where the uh, antenna can peek through like they've done in previous iPhones. Maybe the case itself is the antenna, if you could manage it. I don't know. It's a tough issue. The other issue is whether you're going to be able to make phone calls. I was talking to, not dropping a name here because he's been on my background mode podcast, but um, Mark Gurman said that um, LTE speech uses up a lot more battery power than data and suggested that it would be like an iPad with a, a radio system and you'd be able to do internet data only, but not be able to make a voice phone call. We got more to come with John Martellaro. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Ralph, remember when you said you were going to start paying more attention to your health and now you're eating potato chips? Just a few. A few, okay, but you should be eating Superberries Aronia Berries. Aronia what? Aronia Berries from Superberries.com. They're known for having one of the highest levels of antioxidants that helps with overall wellness. Go to Superberries.com slash radio. And right now we get a free smoothie recipe book with our order. Plus we can save $4 at checkout. Wow, look at all the benefits of these berries. I know, Ralph, I know. Choose health, eat purple, Superberries.com. Love or loathe him, Donald J. Trump is our 45th president. There is no denying now that Trump will go down in history, both despised and admired. Commemorate Trump's presidency with your very own Trump Silver Bust from TrumpSilverStatue.com. This museum-quality heirloom Trump Silver Statue bust is hand-cast from 20 troy ounces of silver, a great investment, from TrumpSilverStatue.com. Loathed or loved, own a valuable piece of Trump's legacy. Get your solid silver Trump bust today at TrumpSilverStatue.com.
heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Calben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. We return with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer talking about the technical aspects of having LTE on an Apple Watch. Go ahead, please. So, uh, as I was saying, um, it's probably going to be like one of the iPads that has a cellular system, and you'll be able to access the Internet. You'll be able to maybe run an app on your watch, like Skype, and do voice over IP. But you won't be able to make a phone call. Well, 
it depends on how much power that uses voice over IP compared to, you know, speech over LTE cellular. And then I'm not familiar with the relative strength of that. One thing I'm fairly sure of is, is that as the Apple Watch acquires these new features, it's not going to get any thinner. The Apple Watch is iconic in its design. In order to have room for a, a strong battery, pretty much has to stay as thick as it is. So it'll be as thick as it is, but it'll have more stuff inside. Yeah, I mean, battery technology improves. The electronics can be miniaturized even more. Whether Apple could make the battery uh, fill up more space, I don't know, because as these features are added to the, to the system on a chip, system on a chip probably going to stay the same size because of the additional transistors and additional features that are added the radio system, the maybe, maybe glucose monitoring system. Uh, but it's a di- I've talked about this before at the Mac Observer and articles. It's a difficult engineering trade. And one of our ed- editors, Brian Chaffin, and I had a healthy discussion about whether the Apple Watch is going to get thinner. Again, Mark Gurman suggested something brilliant, and that was you could buy an Apple Watch that was thinner and didn't have an LTE system and would cost what the watches cost now and then you can buy the standard apple watch series three the same thickness with a nice big fat battery in there and it would cost more uh, by virtue of the exotic engineering of the antenna and the lte radio so that was pretty clever mark to reason that out i like his thinking who's going to predict this now i think that if apple is going to do this they'll try to have the ability to call because that's like the dream, the dream of having the Dick Tracy. Oh, the Dick Tracy, yeah. This well, watch, you know, this is the calling Dick Tracy, calling Dick Tracy. So that's going to happen. I, I was, was guessing I was talking here. about that on on another podcast with Jeff Gamut, and my answer was an allotment. The watch will give you ten minutes of voice, and there'll be an app that shows you the running total you've used on that battery charge. And that when you use that up, um, it'll cut you off or go into low power battery mode or something like that. And the idea is to keep you from chatting with somebody in Chile about the weather and make sure that you use it for only very important phone calls. And as you're talking, you'll see the countdown timer. So chat, be done. Or emergency SOS or something like that. So they'll recognize that there's a problem, there's an issue. And I'll just simply own up to it until the technology improves. I was assuming here that there will be versions with and without, as you do. Probably the same case, other than maybe the something in the back, it's going to look kind of like a miniature version of the iPad. And also the price differential will be like $100 or so. I just remembered, isn't there an FM radio in the iPod uh, shuffle, fifth or sixth generation? That little watch-like iPod shuffle? I seem to recall it has an FM radio in there. They may have already solved the problem. Frequencies are different, but might work. Well, we assume here that if Apple is going to do it, we would have heard something from the supply chain, not just something found in firmware for a HomePod. Well, we have. I mean, we've heard from Ming-Chan Kuo, SGI Securities. We've heard from Mark Gurman at Bloomberg. Those are pretty authoritative rumor sources. They're saying at this point that it looks like that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the most requested feature 
of the Apple Watch, according to Business Insider, who did a survey, who published the results of a survey from another company. And by far, the number one requested feature for the Apple Watch was to be able to make phone calls. And you know what's really interesting here about Apple Watch? As much as people say, this is not very successful. Last estimates I heard of sales so far since 2015 are 30 to 31 and a half million, which ain't too shabby. That's Apple, pretty good. That's pretty good. And then you look at the Amazon Echo. And the Amazon Echo came out in 2014, and as of spring of this year, sales were 14 million. So they're selling more than twice as many Apple Watches with one year less on sale, and they call the Echo successful and Apple Watch not. Because Apple won't release the numbers. And so people get irritated about Apple not telling them what the sales numbers are. And when they get irritated, they start punishing Apple in print. Right, but Amazon doesn't either. Amazon doesn't release sales of its hardware. Never has. It's all a guess. So if you're going to guess, let's assume the guesses are roughly approximately on the mark. Maybe they're 80% accurate, okay? They're looking at the financials and inferring a few things. And I'll say, that's fine. Still, you're estimating Echo sales. You're estimating Apple Watch sales. Apple sells more than twice as many. To put in perspective, what's it, the last year Apple sold 20 million Macs. Yeah. So, you know, it's not so bad. You know, why are they saying the Apple Watch is a failure? Well, they're falling for the trick that uh, Apple designed for them, and that is to underestimate Apple's success and then catch the rest of the industry by surprise. That's why they're doing it, because they don't want the competition to know how successful they're doing. If if the competition knew how well Apple's doing with the with the Apple Watch in six in detail, they would be um, instigated into sharper action. I think Apple's lulled the industry to sleep. Just as planned. Hey, obviously Apple did this for the long haul. They didn't do it for just a couple of years and they'll give it up. Consider no other smartwatch is doing well. The only way they could make Apple look worse is to lump the Apple Watch with all wearables, even, you know, things you stick on your wrist or something. You stick it on your wrist or on your arm. Some kind of band, like a Fitbit, which is not a watch, although I guess they do make stuff like that too, that's in the same category. What's cool about the Apple Watch is it, it, it's pretty technical now, but it's just going to get better. It's going to be a more complete health monitoring system down the road. I predict that there will be developments even beyond uh, the blood glucose monitoring system. Uh, those There may be occasions where special kinds of monitoring require special bands and people are you know, go after that band. They say, okay, I understand this is a very specific need for me. I'm going to buy that band to get that feature. Uh, but in general, the the watch being attached to our body has almost an infinite future for health monitoring. I mean, at some point, somebody may figure out how to get blood samples with, without being too invasive. And once you have access to the blood in a miniature laboratory, you can start notifying the, the owner of all sorts of interesting things about their blood chemistry. That's the holy grail, I would surmise. So the Apple Watch is coming into its own, maybe. 
Everything's Does got the a price get much cheaper? I can't see how because they keep adding more hardware into it. Well, you know that we talked about that a little bit earlier in this in the segment. Uh, there could be special Apple watches that have special equipment, uh, or the or in this case the LTE radio we talked about, which would incur a premium. Um, so there'd be more specialty Apple watches as we were starting to get into before. But I'm thinking, right. you know, about the legacy models that you sell for less to kind of keep people interested in the getaway to get into the market without having to spend yeah. a lot of money. We've got more to come with John Martellero of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Eye Live. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Did you know children are 52 times more likely to suffer from identity theft than adults? Credit alerts will not fix the fallout. Liberty ID does. And here's an exciting offer just for you. Go to LibertyID.com and cover your entire family, your spouse, your children, and your parents for only $129 a year. Use promo code free trial and we'll give you the first 60 days free. That's LibertyID.com promo code free trial. LibertyID.com. LibertyID.com. If there's a toxic chemical biological gas smoke emergency while traveling at home or on your job, are you protected? Are you prepared? There are over 400,000 fires in the USA every year. Up to 85% of all deaths in a fire are due to smoke inhalation. Three minutes without air and we as humans will die. Be prepared and escape safely with our Safe Escape Smoke Hoods, giving you up to 60 minutes of breathable air protection. Order yours online at ase-safety.com. That's ase-safety.com. And get up to 40% off plus free shipping. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? We buy guns to protect ourselves. Home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs 
The Solark EMP hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit portablesolarllc.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. As we continue with our episode here, and we're talking about the cost of Apple stuff. And we'll leave it there. Okay, we'll drop those three items and talk about something else. And that is something else that appears to be in this HomePod firmware. Some indication that we might be getting a 4K Apple TV. And you suggested that this would be more expensive. And I'm going to say no. And the reason I'm going to say no is Apple TV is already more expensive than everybody else. They already have a Roku streamer with 4k and hdr and if apple's going to add that it's going to have to eat the cost apple never eats costs well you know what i mean they probably have a way to embed it in a newer version of the a series chip so it's there already probably similar to what yeah, would be on the iphone well first the roku doesn't have dolby vision and i don't know what the licensing fee is i've never seen it in print well they do have hdr maybe it's just the other feature yeah, Adobe Vision costs money in terms of the licensing fee and also in terms of the hardware chip. It's a special chip that does frame-by-frame metadata. So uh, if Apple's going to add new hardware, it's going to have to cost more. And I think the way they'll justify that is improve the looks. Jeff Gammon at the Mac Observer and I have a running debate about that. He thinks the black brick is awesome and it sinks into obscurity just the way he wants. I think it's ugly. And I think uh, Apple could make some hay by making their 4K Apple TV look really high-tech. would be cool. I'm looking at the HDR spec for the Roku right now, okay? Let me see what it says. All right. It says TV compatibility. Let me just look at what it says here. Supports HDR10, which therefore Mm -hmm. will entail a royalty of anything like that. Right, that's open source. Sure. Okay, this is the that was a premiere. This is the Ultra, which is one hundred nine ninety nine. And let me look at the specs again. And it says again HDR ten. So that's how they get around it. They're using mm-hmm. the cheaper version of 
HDR. Well, I, you got to be careful about the word cheaper because HDR is the dominant protocol, and it's almost, I would say, in every new TV that 4K TV that ships. Sure, but if you have HDR10, you're not hitting the royalties for Dolby. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that just because it's cheaper doesn't mean it's not a good thing. Dolby Vision is very exotic and very capable and, and very advanced, and some studios have released specialty movies, high-profile movies uh, in Dolby Vision because they were filmed that way originally with that intention. Things like um, the Star Wars movies. But that said, and the fact that Dolby Vision is very much more sophisticated, HDR10 is going to be the dominant process, the dominant HDR for a long time. And I predict that while it's good to buy a system with Dolby Vision in the future for yourself, the percentage of movies that are going to expect that is probably going to remain small. So it's a way to future-proof your new TV. But that said, I don't think Dolby Vision is going to become the dominant uh, HDR mode because 4K because HDR10 is so dominant and inexpensive. And it's in every TV that ships. Uh, Dolby Vision will be a specialty item that a few studios will exploit. You'll have a few movies in Dolby Vision the way you have a few movies now in exotic sound systems. You know, they'll be delightful to watch, and they'll be terrific if your TV can exploit it. And if you have a favorite movie that comes out in Dolby Vision, like a Star Wars movie or something like that, you'll buy it, and you'll be delighted. But I don't think Dolby Vision will take over because of the extra cost. Now, I'm looking here at, I guess, what has been the only 4K Blu-ray out there from Samsung. And it has something called Ultra HD Premium. Does that mean it includes all the standards or what? Uh, That's a term I hadn't seen before. Uh, I don't know whether it includes HDR. I, I believe that the latest... UHD ultra high definition Blu-ray players support HDR. Well, HDR but premium. I okay, I'm taking a look at right now. HDR premium. What does it mean? It's a newer standard. I've yeah. seen a reference to something called HDR 10 plus. Some companies, especially Samsung, are notable for tweaking and using different terms than the industry standard as a marketing angle, like SUHD. Um. The thing to remember is is that companies like to differentiate themselves from the competition by tweaking the standards. But unless unless you can exploit that, it's better to stay with something that's industry standard like HDR10 and not try to delve into the these standards that one company tries to promote. Because from the time they announce it until the time it shows up in TVs, is years and then and then it never does become a, a industry standard because it's just so unavoidable and Samsung is willing to license it out then it, it takes more years so right now the thing to look for when you're buying a 4K TV is HDR10 hopefully Dolby Vision and something called HLG which we can talk about if you want to okay i was looking here it's claiming that HDR premium is primarily HDR10 with other enhancements, wider color gamut, 
kind well, of thing. A, it's there's kind. There's it's a, a wider color space, more like what Apple does these days lati- on new some hardware. Latitude. There's some latitude in those definitions of HDR. There's recommendations from the UHD Alliance on contrast ratios and brightness levels, and you can decide whether the company can decide whether it wants to push the limits in the technology. Uh, for example, Dolby Vision can saturate and completely run out the BT2020 color space, whereas um, HDR10 does it not. It comes close, but it doesn't completely cover it. So you can, you can fiddle with the color space, the color gamut, color space being 10-bit or 12-bit. H- Dolby Vision supports 12-bit. There aren't too many TVs that are 12-bit, but it's on the roadmap for further development. It's, it's, it's a continuing process. Well, I see and, also they've got to have something to sell to you. They need something that shows improvement, even if the improvement may not look all that much different. On normal was, material, they've got to advertise yeah. it. I was talking to David Katzmeyer at CNET, and he said, you know, if you buy a TV today in 2017 that has HDR10 and Dolby Vision and HLG, you will be good for 10 years. And you shouldn't get upset about these little tweaks because magazines online like to try to, you know, keep you interested and involved and put carrots in front of you and get you excited about the next generation technology. And what that can translate into is um, being upset about your current decision, buyer's remorse. But um, a, a, a TV bought in 2017 is way ahead of where we were in 2014. Back in 2014, the 4K TVs were basically high-definition TVs with greater resolution. They were 60 hertz. They, had a, they were 8-bit color. They had a less capable uh, color gamut, Rec. 709. And they, they, or they were all 60 hertz. So there wasn't really any advantage of buying that TV unless you just wanted to have a 4K TV. And then you could only feed it with HD material, and you had to hope that your scaler was good. And Sony makes really good scalers, from my understanding, but some of the companies aren't so good. And so when you take your HD image from your DirecTV or your Apple TV or your Blu-ray player, how well it scales up to 4K and does the interpolation and all that is subject to the quality of the scaler. And people try to buy the less expensive TV, and Sony is famous for you know slightly greater cost. And again, there's a reason is because they do really good hardware. So that's a constant trade-off. All right. So this is something we look at the reviews sometimes of TV sets. So evaluate the scaler. And if it doesn't do quite as well, and since 98% of the content you're going to watch is going to be the original HD, you need to see that. It better not be worse than what you're getting now because otherwise it'd be a problem, right? So, for example, with poor HD scaling, it means that your regular content, what you're watching on TV, your cable or satellite box, all that, you'll see pixelated content. It's not going to look quite as clear and sharp. Sure. Right. Okay. we got more to come. We're talking with John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. 
Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States? Or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me and Famous Footwear for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. A couple more segments of John Martellaro of the Mac Observer. Getting back to Apple TV. Right now, the perception is that the Roku is really... Ascendant in terms of sales. It's the number one box. It's got a wide range of products, and they work decently well. The software ain't bad. So what does Apple do? There's three pieces to it. One is the hardware technology itself. Two is how Apple approaches the market. And three, there's the traditional loyalty of the Apple customers who want to be in the Apple TV ecosystem. They trust iOS security. Um, They like what Apple does with the Apple products that you can stream through the Apple TV. Apple often is looked at only in terms of the hardware. But what I'd like to see Apple do is become a stronger member of the TV industry. You know, show up at CDS, show up at the the big shows, get onto the standards committees, be well known for leading the way, make contributions back to the community, advertise the fact that they are working with TV makers in certain cases when necessary. Instead of just, you know, you walk into the Apple store, here's a black box, you buy it and connect it, and Apple's all mum about it, because there's not a lot of celebration of the Apple TV that I've seen. But I think the combination of Apple's only enthusiasm, like they reignited the Mac at WWDC, they should reignite 
the Apple TV. And then there's the customer reaction to it. Apple knows it has a, a customer base that just isn't going to buy anything else but an Apple product for its design, for its reliability, and for the apps that you can run on it, and for its security. The question is, is it worth some extra money there? Well, I mentioned in my article uh, today that we might see the high end go from 199 to 249. Uh, that was a guess based on the extra hardware cost. But I think Apple can get away with that um, if it's beautiful and Apple celebrates it and you feel like you're getting something for your money as opposed to just a thing that sticks in the back of the TV and you ignore. So there's a, there's some marketing aspects to it that would allow Apple to charge a little more. But you're right, $109 for an, uh, a Roku with HDR10 is pretty hard to beat. Yeah, all right. If Apple's going to charge 149 for the basic Apple TV now, and they asked 129 for it, well, it's only a little bit more expensive than the Roku. And then you have the more elaborate model with a higher amount of storage for 179 or something. That might work, but having it that far apart, a lot of customers don't see the integration with the Apple ecosystem as that significant an advantage. They want to watch Netflix. I think they do. I think, you know, the the ability to um, sit on the couch with your iPhone. Of course, there's remote control for the Roku on the iPhone, too. But the ability to have an integrated system, to have an iPhone, to have an iPad, and then to be able to use your iPhone as a remote, to be able to air play when you need to. It's a good question about how much the Apple brand is worth uh, to customers. I would like to see 199 stay at the top end of the product line. And as you said earlier, absorb the cost of the extra hardware. It seems like every time I fantasize about that, I'm proven wrong and Apple goes for the extra money. Do you think they're going to introduce the new Apple TV with the new iPhones or hold on to another event? Don't. No, my my gut instinct is that the iPhone event is so major and so big, they won't be distracted by the Apple TV. Uh, What I think is there'll be an event where the um, iPhone will be announced, as they typically do, and we'll get some more insight maybe into the HomePod shipping date. But I believe the Apple TV will be a separate announcement and will ship in early November instead of September for the iPhone. So they could basically issue a press release. Maybe something less than an event, but maybe a little more than a press release. Assuming there's some other event they could piggyback on. That would be the picture. But then what else is Apple coming out with? We know there's going to be an iMac Pro coming in December. Maybe there'll be a new Mac Mini this fall. <sighs> I haven't even thought about that in a while. Right, but that wouldn't earn an event. It would just earn a press release. So maybe the Apple TV would be the same thing. Maybe combine the Apple TV with the HomePod and the iMac Pro as a early November holiday event. Okay. Apple and education used to be such a big thing. So back in the 90s, I remember going to the Scottsdale Unified School District, which was actually located in Phoenix, not Scottsdale, but that was confusing. And I had a pleasant conversation with their IT guy. And they had a whole lab of Macs where they configured them for the local schools. This was in the mid-1990s. Today, a lot of those school systems are using Chromebooks or maybe Windows PCs. Apple announces that they sold a million iPads, and we assume the cheap ones, 
to education, which sounds like a big win. It's up considerably over last year. But Apple may have a win, but in the educational market, they're basically losing? Yeah, you have to distinguish between these single-point announcements by Tim Cook and put that in the context of the entire education market. For example, how many computers are bought in K through 12 every year as part of a replacement system in in the United States amongst all the schools, it could be a number like 40 million. And so Apple selling 1 million iPads has to be put into perspective like that. But Apple never does put things in perspective. They they like the jazz of of big numbers. The the thing that's crucial about this change in education is, is that schools can't afford notebook computers for their students, even on a one to two or a one to three basis, combined with the fact that the iPads don't necessarily always fulfill their curriculum and pedagogical needs. So there may be a role to play for iPads in some schools in some fashion. But I had a long conversation with curriculum director of a charter school here in Colorado, and she talked about how they start their kindergartners with Chromebooks. And they get them typing on keyboards and they get them remembering their passwords and they get them re- learning how to safely work on the Internet and, and, and start writing documents. And there's a test in Colorado at third grade to test typing and writing proficiency. And you, you need to do that on a notebook-like computer. And there are other apps that are often required so when you sit down and you look at a, a school's curriculum, it could be a very complex thing. But what's true is, is, that, is that if kids are going to grow up and move into notebook computers in high school and college, and the schools have specific testing and pedagogical needs for notebook computers, there isn't as big a role for the iPad to play. And the MacBook Airs are too expensive. That's, that's what's happening. And so you can buy a a decent quality Chromebook that is fairly rugged for $300. That curriculum director I just talked about used to have an Apple cart with 25 MacBook Airs, cost $40,000. The cart, the charger system, everything, the racks, and that's about $1,500 per MacBook Air. Even if you could get a good deal on single MacBook Airs without a cart, but the lowest you could go would be six or $700 for a discount MacBook Air to education. And schools can't afford that either. And neither can many high school and community college students who are moving towards Chromebooks because they don't have $1,000 anymore to spend on a MacBook Air. So it's getting difficult for Apple in education despite uh, some glorious uh, and hard-won wins in selected cases. And so in my article I wrote a while back called, is Apple, Apple, I'm sorry, the article I wrote is Apple is doing terribly in education, doing well, which is it? It's both. They're um, not doing well in many cases. Chromebooks are definitely a wave that's taking over. Google's being very aggressive. Microsoft's being very aggressive. Um, Apple would have us believe that the iPad, because it's the future can fulfill the needs of the schools. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Chances are you wouldn't mind having more energy, better digestion, or more comfortable joints and muscles, right? But if you've taken supplements before without much success, be aware that most supplementation fails to address the body's number one antioxidant and detoxification system. Free radicals and toxins on a daily basis assault our bodies. Stopping the inflammation they create and to successfully detoxify requires great quantities of the body's primary antioxidant, glutathione. To successfully turn on whole body glutathione production and cleanse all 37.2 trillion cells requires large amounts of the peptide cysteine, which can only come from food and a little help from our frequency encoding science. You cannot buy cysteine in a pill. Nature's richest source of cysteine is raw whey protein powder. One World Whey is the only frequency encoded, energetically enhanced raw whey derived from Amish Ray's grass-fed cows. Try it and you just might like how much better you may feel. Please call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWay.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old-world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Are you retired or facing retirement and you're afraid your income is going to be less than you'd like? I'm Pharmacist Keith, Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and I want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current schedule, creating extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. 
to go for our family walk. <sighs> Just let me nap a little longer. You promised we'd get more active. I know, I know. How come you're so ready to it's go? Superberries Aronia Berries. Aronia what? Aronia Berries from Superberries.com. They're known for having one of the highest levels of antioxidants that helps with overall wellness. Where'd you get them? I ordered them from Superberries.com slash radio. And right now we can get a free smoothie recipe book with our order. Plus we can save $4 at checkout. I can't wait to try them. I'll get the dog. I'll get the kids. <laughs> Choose health. Eat purple. Superberries.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have John Martellaro of the Mac Observer talking about Apple's educational dilemma, where there's no place between the iPad and what an educational system would regard as an affordable Mac. I thought of something which is very clunky, but it's always possible, that you have kind of like a dock for the iPad where it becomes a real notebook with a real keyboard like a hybrid kind of thing, but running iOS. But I don't know whether anyone wants to do that, and Apple doesn't want something that isn't smooth or clean. Well, let me give you a counterexample to that. Uh, my wife's a professor, and she teaches computer science, and she had a college student in a Python programming class not understand how and where to save files to his Windows PC desktop. He didn't understand the concept of a file, and he didn't know where to put it. He didn't know how to save it. So there's a case to be made for learning grown-up stuff. And iPad, prior to iOS 11, didn't have the Files app. And so you were never really exposed to the concept of a file. So there's, there's a, a tension here between ease of use and consumerism and teaching kids computer science and how to manage their files, which they're going to have to do eventually. And besides, we've been doing that for grades. years. What's the difference? Yeah. We've been doing that for years. Yeah, yeah. So there's a counterexample. So is there a solution for Apple at this, or is it something where they could nibble on the edges of education? With I iPads at the lower end, and that's it. I have a solution. I wrote an article a while back about the MacBook Air 2. Now, the MacBook has always been, well, it started off being very exotic. It had one USB port, and it had a 80-gigabyte SSD and it was uh, exotic and expensive and very portable and light. And Steve Jobs pulled it out of a manila envelope at the grand opening. And it was so beautiful and so exotic and so thin. It's evolved into being the workhorse for many people, and in some cases, some education circles in college. But it's not quite inexpensive enough. And so Apple has been, that's why Apple has not put a retina display on the MacBook Airs to help control price. So you've sort of got what you need. You've got the USB-A ports. You've got the traditional ports. You've got the MagSafe connector, which is kid-friendly. You've got the non-retina display, which is low cost. If they were to replace the SSD with a really cheap hard disk and re-engineer the motherboard a little bit, they might be able to sell a MacBook Air 2 into education for maybe 400 bucks, which would be just tempting enough to keep them in the market. 
but not at 700 or retail 999 700 might be an educational discount price it's still too much so but i don't think apple's going to make a macbook air 2 and i don't know what they're thinking and i don't see that apple's going to do anything but kind of keep hoping that they can penetrate the education market with iPads and convince schools that the iPads are the future. Um, but they're losing that marketing battle against the Chromebooks. In my experience, talking to a lot of people from readers, talking in person to educators in Colorado, stories I've heard well, my article pointed to a, a fellow who's an IT administrator at a school in Maine uh, who uh, pointed out that uh, the article is called The Main School District Struggles with Apple's Notebook Pricing. He wrote me a, a, a book about their struggles with Apple and Apple's pricing. And his Apple rep just shrugged his shoulders and said, I've got nothing to give you. I have no answer. Try as hard as you can. But when, when expensive notebooks don't do the job and iPads aren't right for your curriculum, what do you do? You, you buy other products. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty difficult problem unless Apple has something up its sleeve we don't know about yep. to reinvigorate the market, but is now just using the cheaper iPad to keep a few hands on it. Yep. So we'll have to keep watching that situation and see what happens. So just quickly before we let you go, leave the building with Elvis. Looking at this fall, so we have the iPhones, an Apple Watch, we have the HomePod coming later this year, the iMac Pro. We have possibly a Mac Mini or maybe not. We have maybe a new Apple TV, with fifth generation with 5K and HDR. Do you think Apple's going to do some kind of demonstration of the next Mac Pro sometime later this year? That would be something interesting. A demonstration of the Mac Pro. Wow, I hadn't thought about that. If they're going to introduce it sometime early next year or next year at all, it would make sense to maybe then have an event. We're going to show you future technology and show the Mac Pro, then throw in all the other products that haven't been mentioned before. You know, I've always kind of thought, and it's a good thing you bring that up because it makes me think deeper about it, but I always kind of thought that the Mac Pro wouldn't make its appearance until the iMac Pro shipped. And the reason for that is is that Apple's got to sort of feel out the marketplace and how many people are willing to spend $5,000 on it. It's a Halo machine. They're not going to make a lot of money, but they sort of got to size up the market. They've announced this wonderful product. It's more expensive almost than, than any other Mac ever shipped. Um, technical and artistic professionals have been craving it. Scientists have been craving it. It's going to be a glorious Halo machine, but I think it would be getting things out of order uh, to demonstrate a Mac Pro at this point. I think we'll see it in the spring. That's just my guess. The other thing, of course, is we don't know whether Apple thinks that a lot of the people who might buy a Mac Pro will buy an iMac Pro instead, so it maybe doesn't have to do it. No, what they might do is just make it a headless iMac Pro. It would be very similar, except it will have expansion slots and no display, period. But they'll use similar technology to keep it small. 
I don't think so. I think the Mac Pro is going to go even beyond the guts of the iMac Pro. The iMac Pro is going to have some awesome Xeon processors, multi-cores, but the Mac Pro has got to be the top of the line. And if Apple were to release a headless iMac Pro and call it a Mac Pro, there would be wailing and gnashing of teeth and Apple would be punished. No, I think it's going to be a supercomputer, relatively speaking. I think it's going to go one step beyond the guts of the iMac Pro in order to, to earn the name Mac Pro. One step beyond sounds like something from our other show, The Paracast. John, tell our listeners where we can find more of what you do. Uh, I'm Senior Editor at the Mac Observer, www.macobserver, one word, dot com. John Mortolaro, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Oh, thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Next up, we'll hear from Kirk McElhern, the prolific columnist and podcaster, with more provocative comments on the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you had purchased $100 of Bitcoin in 2010, today you'd have $2,600,000. While that sinks in, you now have a huge cryptocurrency opportunity at below market price at a guaranteed 10 cents per coin. ProCoin, a coin publicly traded on the open market, easily converted to cash, available in 60 countries, and ProCoin is the only cryptocurrency offering coin back rewards for consumers and merchants. Take action by August 31st at ProCoinCurrency.net. That's ProCoinCurrency.net. Deadline for 10 cent guarantee is August 31st. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. 
Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Dr. Joe Wallach is not your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Dr. Wallach asked, why does America spend more money on health care by far and yet ranks 50th in health and longevity worldwide? The doctor believes that people should be empowered with a basic understanding of nutrition, then take charge of their life to attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects, requiring more toxic prescription drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies to our own destruction, no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit GCNMinerals.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's deadly recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense and I invite you to join the GCN Minerals team. Go to GCNMinerals.com. That's GCNMinerals.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. So we are talking with Kirk McElherm from his palatial farmhouse in the UK. And we're going to talk about a lot of subjects, a little pop culture first, because you got to see this new Christopher Nolan movie, Dunkirk. And the reason I want to raise that is because, as most of you know, I like superhero movies, although I have not had a chance to see Wonder Woman. They're going to make her, I guess, the focal point of all the new movies from the DC universe. So like they're editing now Justice League. They've got... Joss Whedon helping out because Zack Snyder stepped down because supposedly of grieving over the death of his daughter. And he's sprucing up the dialogue, doing reshooting, and they're going to make it, I guess, more Wonder Woman centric. Now, a general question here about things like that. Will you take a movie, Kirk, and for whatever reason, you got to do major reshoots after it's done, not just you know, a few minor pieces of dialogue and getting the special effects in. Does that often mean the movie is in trouble? Well, it could mean the movie's in trouble, or it could mean that they've made a, an early cut and focus grouped it, and they found that people weren't enjoying it, or that the studio heads saw it and they said, we don't like this. But what, what you're saying about Wonder Woman is it could also be that they realize that they've got a big popular money-making franchise with Wonder Woman, so they want to get her in all the other movies as much as possible. Maybe they've highlighted the character more, maybe they've built up the character more, and of course that involves reshoots with that character and probably also a lot of new scenes 
you know, it might be reshooting scenes that they'd already done to give the character more importance, but also new scenes around that character. You see, in the original trailers for Justice League, it was Batman-centric. So Batman helps assemble this team of metahumans to fight this threat. And he's working in partnership with Wonder Woman. So I guess what happens here now is that Wonder Woman is given more emphasis. Supposedly, the battle scenes are pretty much the same. But the setups and everything are given ways to highlight her. I think the way they do these battle scenes with all this CGI, they probably can't really reshoot that easily because they're probably months working on those scenes, whereas they can reshoot the live-action scenes a lot more easily. And also to bear in mind here, you know, all it takes sometimes is just a few lines of dialogue to very much change where a scene is going. But that few lines of dialogue can be several days shooting because they need to get all the actors in certain sets and they need to rebuild the sets maybe and pull out the costumes. And it's probably a lot of work to do that. Oh, I am sure it is. But the one thing I have noticed, I did not see Wonder Woman. I did see Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice is that Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman, is a shining light. She's just got this great personality. And you don't realize it as much as watching her do action scenes is when you see her being interviewed. And she's, you know, a funny lady. And she brings that charisma to the screen. So they got something going there. It's good for them. Well, let's hope they don't overdo it, because you know uh, I'm not an action movie fan, but I've been reading lately that people are kind of getting all tired of the Batman stuff. That, you know, we've seen all these different versions of Batmans in the past 10 years, there is a risk that they're going to end up with the same thing with Wonder Woman. They're just going to overexploit the character until everyone gets tired of it. Yeah, but, you know, Wonder Woman has been barely there for years. The character, yeah, but that's fine. But the now character she is, is almost as old as Superman. But I know. Other than it's, cartoons, it's very... they had this short-lived TV series with Linda Carter in the 70s. They've made attempts to reboot her and nothing has worked. So after all that time, the first iteration of Wonder Woman as a live-action character was in Batman v Superman. But the comic book is very old. It's one of the oldest superheroes. That's right. It's only a few years after Superman. It's almost as old as Batman and Superman. And she's always been part of the team, a main focus. And it's really nice to have that happen. But as you say, overexposure. But that's what these franchise movies are about. They're about you know, milking everything you can until it's overexposed and then pivoting in another direction. Well, for example, look what they did with Spider-Man. They've had, what, this is the third reboot in 15 years? Yeah. But the only difference this time is they go back to the original comic book. Because in the past, the other two actors who played Spider-Man were guys in their mid to late 20s, playing somebody in his late teens or early 20s. Now they go back to where Spider-Man started in high school. He was a high school nerd. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the charm it was not just that this guy's a superhero, but he's a high school kid trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And- it, a lot of it is about basically the discomfort of a high school kid uh, essentially going through puberty, except this puberty is like developing superpowers. Well, he developed superpowers because he was bitten by a radioactive spider. Right. Of course. But didn't they do that in one of the recent movies anyway? They showed the bit where he was bitten by the spider. They did that in the original reboot film with Tobey Maguire, where they show him being bitten by a spider. After that, it's assumed. The thing that bothers me is the Batman origin scenes where 
they've constantly shown the classic scene where young Bruce Wayne and his parents go to see a play or a movie or something. And as they're walking home, they take a dark alley as a shortcut, which, of course, is stupid. You're billionaires. Why are you doing that? So they're stopped by this criminal who kills the parents and leaves the kid alive. So they've played that scene in the Batman movie with Michael Keaton. They played that scene in Batman Begins with Christian Bale. Except the guy who played Thomas Wayne in that movie is the same guy who played one of the assistant district attorneys on Law & Order on TV. So you watch See, Law you, Order on TV and you say, hey, isn't hole. that Bruce Wayne's father? You're getting down the rabbit hole here. This is too trivial for me. <laughs> and then you play the scene again in the opening sequence of Batman v Superman, where you're doing it all over again, reenacting that scene. Enough already. We know that Batman is angst-ridden because of the death of his parents, and even when he's 45 years old, he never recovers from it. The guy is a complete screwball. We know that. Tell me about Dunkirk. Well, Dunkirk is an interesting kind of war movie because, you know, you think of saving um, Private Ryan, right? You've got that long 20-minute scene on D-Day when they're on the beaches. This is kind of the opposite. No, there's no spoilers here. Everyone knows what happened. There are something like three or 400,000 British troops who were stranded in France who were surrounded by the Germans and they had to get evacuated. So they were around the the town of Dunkirk in France and they were on the beaches. It's not so much a war movie as a hero's journey of trying to achieve this goal of getting these people off the beach. And what happens is, unlike, you know, it's not like these big landing crafts that come to save them, but the the British Navy requisitioned all sorts of small boats, fishing boats and and pleasure boats and all that, and sent hundreds of boats, a big flotilla across the channel to take the, the people back. And so you see three sort of timelines, and it opens up with one land, and then you see all the soldiers on the beach for a couple minutes, and two is air, I believe, and then you see um, three fighter pilots, British fighter pilots, who are trying to give air support, and then you see three, which is the sea, which is Mark Rylance and his son, who are taking off from Dorset in a little boat, like a very small fishing boat. And so it alternates among these three strands, and and of course, there are plenty of deaths and bombings, and the Germans are bombing the, the beaches and the ships and all that, but it's much less of a war movie because the British aren't really fighting back, with the exception of the fighter pilots. They're just being attacked, and most of them are surviving. It's a good movie, but my partner said to me after the music was just overwhelming. The music was constant. There was a soundtrack by Hans Zinner, and it was like everything, almost the entire movie had music going on, and that was a little bit too much. By the way, Hans Zimmer does a lot of the soundtracks for Christopher Nolan movies. He did the Batman Begins, Dark Knight, everything, uh, Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, Justice League. So he's part of that. But of course, he has these kind of overwrought tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But the cinematography was interesting. The production was interesting. The acting was very good. Uh, It was a lot of young actors that I don't know. And then there were a couple of better known actors. I said Mark Rylance and Kenneth Branagh were in it. Let's stop okay. here. Okay. More to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's 
legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Welcome aboard. Your new science fiction adventure is ready to launch. Discover an amazing journey at galaxyquestbooks.com. Start a new sci-fi adventure with the Guardian series, a classic sci-fi mystery that starts 500 years in the future. From author D. Arthur Gussner. Series available from Barnes & Noble or Amazon as paperback or ebooks. galaxyquestbooks.com, where the adventure begins. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Warning. If you've recently declared bankruptcy, you're going to want to cover your ears. Because there's an alternative to bankruptcy, and it could be better than you'd ever think possible. But if you've already declared bankruptcy and have missed this opportunity, you'll want to cover your ears now. Here it is. Right now, the company that has resolved more credit card debt than anyone in the U.S. may be able to settle your debt, too. You could resolve your debt with one low monthly program payment. If you call right now and qualify, Freedom Debt Relief will show you how low your monthly program payment could be for free. Call now. 1-800-660-1297. That's 1-800-660-1297. If you're struggling with debt, this could be your answer. And the bigger your debt, the more money you could save. To find out for free how much of your hard-earned money Freedom Debt Relief could help you save, call now. 1-800-660-1297. 1-800-660-1297. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So, talking about superhero stuff, which Kirk is not, Kenneth Branagh, who is a Shakespearean actor, he's a director, and he directed the first Thor movie for Marvel. Yep. Okay, so he gets his hands in everything. You see, that's part of the charm of superhero movies and, now. And you he get also directed, A-list actors and directors doing it. Yeah, and he also directed the longest filmed version of Hamlet that was about four hours long. Um, it's the only filmed version that was of only Hamlet the first scene. No, it's the only version of Hamlet that contains all of the different texts, because there are a couple of different um, Hamlet texts. And most texts are a selection, the, the majority of it's what's called the first folio, and some of the texts come from a, a different version. And he put everything in it, and literally made the longest Hamlet ever. It's a very spectacular film. It's set in, what's that, uh, Blenheim Castle, which is where Churchill's family lived. So it's a big royal thing, and there's some spectacular outside shots. But he has, yeah, he's done everything from, you know, he played Volander on the British TV series. He's done a lot of Shakespeare. Uh, He's got his own theater company in London, um, and he does superhero movies, too. And I think he does the superhero movies to pay for the rest. And probably because he likes it. You don't do a movie like that to engage in that kind of Well, yes or no, it's like... I'm sure Ian McKellen likes doing Gandalf, but he also seems to really like doing theater. And he probably makes more from one Lord of the Rings movie than from all the theater he does in a decade. Well, Um, he did. They haven't made any more. But then again, he also did X-Men with his friend Captain Picard. They're buddies. Yes. Well, they're very good friends. And they were were doing Waiting for Gatto on Broadway last year together, um, which they had done in London several years earlier. Now, I have a scoop for you. I'm seeing Ian McKellen do King Lear in October in a theater in a town called Chichester, south of London. And it's a theater of about 200 seats, and we've got front row tickets. And that is going to be really something. Well, bully for you. If I like Shakespeare and all this other stuff, I would cherish that. I think if you had a chance to see Ian McKellen on stage doing anything, you would probably be interested in doing it. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, he's a terrific actor. The fact that he can do everything. You know, yeah. you have these rare actors. It doesn't matter what you give them. They make gold of it. Another actor who was really yeah. good, the late Christopher Lee. Now, Christopher yeah. Lee did horror films. He did serious films. Of course, he played Dracula in the movies for those Hammer films many years ago. He was in a Star Wars movie. And the guy is very was very enjoyable to watch him just sit there on a talk show and talk because he was a storyteller. He was really great. I, I used to see those Hammer horror movies when I was in my teens. Um, I'd go to a cinema not far from where I lived on Sunday. On Saturday afternoon, they would have double features. Some of them were like those old 3D films where you had the glasses where one was one lens was red and the other blue, things like that. I remember that one of them was one of these smell-o-vision things where you had a scratch card. It was pretty useless. Imagine if you were allergic to what the odor was about. I remember those things. You're talking about William Castle, who was a movie director who directed gimmick movies. And there was always something there, and he wished he was... Alfred Hitchcock, because he would appear as a narrator 
sometimes in his movies. Let's move to one other showbiz thing. I'm going to ask you, but I might have an answer because my wife has had like 15 years of voice training. So she is a soprano. She hasn't taken lessons lately, but, you know, she has a good pop voice also. So the question you asked here in a recent article at Kirkville, why do stars like Adele keep losing their voice? I guess you're quoting a piece from The Guardian in the UK. Yeah, it was a, I want it was to know, too, article. because there are lots of things going on there. And we need to talk about them because my wife was given very strong education about proper use of her voice when she went to a classically trained vocal teacher years ago. Yeah, this was a very long article in The Guardian. Um, and what interested me in particular was the fact that a lot of young singers are having problems. They're losing their voice. When she was in her early 20s, she had a hemorrhage in her vocal cords, and she had to have a, an operation, um, a microsurgery operation. And apparently this is something that's been increasing among young singers. And and what they're blaming is is a couple of things. One is that singers aren't being taught to breathe correctly. They take in these huge gasping breaths and then they they start singing. But the other thing is that singing these days, a good singer is often considered to be one who's loud. Now, any professional singer knows that you don't have to be loud. You have a microphone, but there's still a sound that you get from loud singing um, that's different from like a Frank Sinatra style of singing. Well, Frank and Sinatra it, and Barbara Streisand had mic voices where they sounded much louder because they sang softly into a mic. Right, but they knew how to play the mic as an instrument. Whereas now you're getting a lot of singers who are just belting out what they're singing um, as loud as possible, even though the microphone is there. And the microphone does all the amplification. If they don't scream as loud, they'll still be heard just as well because the sound person will, will bring up the mic. Um, and, and a lot of this is that the sort of talent show things like um, X Factor and all that tend to prefer this type of loud singer with a big voice. Um, it's not limited to pop music. The article talks about opera singers who've had this sort of problem as well. But it does point out that it's a problem in, in the way people are singing, that people didn't used to sing like this, and that there's been a change in the the way people think the voice should be presented. Um, and it, it's kind of surprising for someone at that stage of her career, she's 29 years old, um, to have to cancel a tour because she can't sing. Yeah. And the problem is here is you can't have an understudy. They're no. present no. to see Adele. She's a unique person. And she yep. needs to learn how to use her voice because there's so many times like the surgeons, the microsurgeons can fix your voice before you give up. I think Frank Sinatra at one time had issues with his voice. I know Bobby Darren did. He didn't use his voice properly. And I know when he came back to singing and he was doing songs like this in the late 60s, if I were a carpenter, he sang much more softly. So sometimes they learn the bad way. But remember, if you do injure your voice, you may never get it back. Yeah. And it's their instrument. On the other hand, you have um, musicians who sang 
you know, up until their 70s, their 80s, even their 90s, and, and have no problem because they do know how to sing correctly and they don't overuse their voice. Um, there are a number of opera singers um, that have sung up through their 60s, more often male than female. Um, and, and that's a lot because, you know, singing in an opera can be quite taxing. Um, if you add in the performances and the rehearsals and all that, it's an awful lot of singing. But it's 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 just surprising that uh, you know the technology is there with microsurgery to repair vocal cords, and and there's a mention of um, this one doctor who um, runs the Massachusetts General Hospital Center for Laryngeal Surgery and Voice Rehabilitation. It says that he's repaired the cords of more than 700 performing artists, and mentions mentions Sam Smith, Lionel Richie, Bono, and Cher, um, and. Other artists like Michael Bublé, whoever he is, Keith Urban, Megan Trainer, and Celine Dion have had to quit touring to get their cords surgically repaired as well. Celine Dion is kind of a shouting singer, so I do understand. She is, yeah, that's that kind of voice, yeah. And that's where things like that happen. But something surprised me because I've heard singers perform when you say their voices must be shot. And you listen, they're pretty good. Like, I'll give you an example. We all know who John Fogarty is, Creedence Clearwater Revival. And he had that kind of howl to his voice, this raspy howl to his voice. And I heard him singing just with his guitar on a Howard Stern show. And John Fogarty is now, you know, he was Creedence Clearwater Revival. He wrote all those great songs. He's now 70. And he's just singing there with his guitar. It's the same voice. At 70, you can barely tell the difference between that guy at 70 and the 20-year-old who had Bad Moon Rising and Proud Mary and all those songs. Same guy. So he kept his voice up. Another singer who surprised me, I never thought he had a decent voice. But he's somebody who goes back to the 60s. He sold tens of millions of records. Tommy James. Tommy James and the Shondells? Sure, yeah. heard him singing with a guitar. His voice was actually good now. Before, it was kind of thin, heavily... Mic'd with echo and everything. Now he's a guy who is also around 70. And his voice was rich and pure. So obviously he worked on it. So now I'd rather hear the guy at 70 than I wanted to hear him at, you know, 20, if you want to talk about that. Kirk McElhern joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com.
A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. If there's a toxic chemical biological gas smoke emergency while traveling at home or on your job, are you protected? Are you prepared? There are over 400,000 fires in the USA every year. Up to 85% of all deaths on a fire are due to smoke inhalation. Three minutes without air and we as humans will die. Be prepared and escape safely with our Safe Escape smoke hoods, giving you up to 60 minutes of breathable air protection. Order yours online at ase-safety.com. That's ase-safety.com. And get up to 40% off plus free shipping. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On the other hand, speaking of singers who, whose voices have seen better days, Paul McCartney. I heard a couple of recent live concert takes it's pretty raw now yeah um and you know i'm a big bob dylan fan and you just accept that bob's voice has gotten the way it is and it's kind of shot but it, it has a certain amount of charm um in particular when he sings these old sort of sinatra standards that he's doing now to, to say someone's voice is shot that, that's a negative criticism i think it's the voice is not what it used to be and it doesn't match what we consider to be the the standard of what a good voice should be, but yet some of these people with with bad voices sing with extraordinary talent and have wonderful character. Yes, but I'm talking about here not a person with a bad voice, but someone who had a voice, an instrument that made them famous, helped make them famous. And when that voice goes, there's a problem. On the other hand, at 77, Ringo Starr still sounds like Ringo Starr. Yeah, he's always sounded like Ringo Starr, but that's you know. But love but and Dylan peace. Sounds, yeah, Dylan sounds nothing like he used to, but it, I think it's fine. I think his his voice is what it is. You, you're you're going to a Dylan concert to hear the songs. You're not. He's not someone who's interpreting other people's songs. So it it's not quite the same as when you're going to hear, say, an, an opera singer. Um, and this article does talk about a number of opera singers who've had this problem. But when you're going to hear an opera singer, you're going to hear music you're, you may be familiar with. And if the voice is bad, it's like if the cellist has bad sounding strings when they're doing a solo. And that just doesn't work. When it's a performer singing their own songs, it's different. Depends who they are, what they can get away with. You know, obviously, you expect that rock stars will be rasping loudly. Yes. And that's it. Yep. There you go. I'm looking at the article right now, showing what the doctor is doing. I had a throat operation when I was in my 30s or 40s because I was taking voice lessons too, and the technique wasn't very good. And I had some vocal cord damage, and the doctor took care of it, told me not to talk for a week, and I didn't. And I'm still here at 475 years old. I have a cold. Yep. I have a cold. Lazarus. I have a cold right now. Yeah, I have a cold. Anyway, let's continue with stuff about technology. Let's drop the voices. 
This is a technology show, isn't it? It sure is. I used to okay. think so. Okay. But, okay. Let's look at technology. Let's look at Kirk McElhern, the curmudgeon. Sometimes oh, no. you're a curmudgeon. Right? What did I say now? I don't know. We're going to get you in trouble. We're going to get Kirk into trouble. Okay. Because he's one of my favorite people. And he's a fellow New Yorker. So therefore, we're going to get him in trouble. Okay? He is teaching everybody in Great Britain to lose their British accents. No, I'm not. Of course he is. You have all those. Well, they're doing it anyway. How many actors are British and they come to America? And they do American accents. And sometimes they do a good job. They they do. Um, And the one that comes to mind is Damien Lewis in, in Homeland who, if you weren't familiar with the fact that he's British, you wouldn't even know that he's British. He, he does it so well. Um, well, I, Batman watching... was a Welshman, Christian Bale. Commissioner yeah. Gordon, uh, Gary Oldman is British. I look at the names of people in these shows, and they're Irish, like the person who plays Lex Luthor's sister on Supergirl, Katie McGraw, and she's Irish. And you can tell it by her attitude and her voice when she's interviewed, but you don't hear it when she's on TV. I just watched a series on uh, Amazon, The Last Tycoon. It's based on an F. Scott Fitzgerald novel. And one of the actresses is Irish, and yet she's American. Actually, I shouldn't say anything because that would be a bit of a spoiler if you haven't seen the series. Um, But the whole accent thing is actually quite interesting. Well, of course, the other example is this TV series on Showtime, Ray Donovan. I don't, don't really like, like that actor. Yes. Now, L- 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 John Voight is on there, and he's just great. He steals every scene. He appears, he steals the scene. And the person who played Ray Donovan's wife, remember, we're talking about a family from Boston with a Boston accent to some degree. She's from Ireland. Yep. So there you go. And of course, Thor comes from Australia. Anyway, let's just get to the technology thing. Okay. Apple's going to probably have new iPhones next month. Really? Are bu- well, are you going to get one? You, you, you've got some inside information on this. Uh, not any more than you have. Okay. Um, I don't plan to buy one. It's very unlikely. I'm using the iPhone SE, and there are rumors that it'll be updated in the spring, which would be two years after it was first released, which would be the perfect time for me to replace my phone. Um, I can't really, you know, I still don't like the larger form factor. Um, I can't really see what would be in the 7S or 8, whichever they're going to call it. Presumably it's going to be an 8 because it's going to be a big change. I can't really see what would be in it that would make a big difference. However, um, I'm, I, I can mention right now I'm working on a book about editing photos, and it's very possible that the new iPhone will have some major changes to the camera, which might lead me to buy one. I'll have to wait and see what they present. Apple Watch. They're talking about possibly an Apple Watch, maybe just one model or an optional model with an LTE radio. Calling Dick Tracy, calling, you know what I mean. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know about that. Um, So, I think the main reason here is to sell the Apple Watch to people who use Android because they can't have the same guarantee of pairing from 
and any sort of Android phone to the Apple Watch that they do from the iPhone to the Apple Watch, you know, for all the security uh, that that they have. There's also the software integration. Yeah, well, but it's it's a number of things, but I think part of it is the security. The fact that the Apple Watch is secure and you can only access it if you tap your passcode or you can have your phone unlock it. Um, and if you don't have an iPhone, you can't do that. Now, if they were to make a standalone device, it wouldn't probably integrate with the software directly, but maybe there would be some sort of a, maybe they'll have an iCloud for Android that would come out um, to allow people to manage, you know, contacts, email, calendar, things like that. Um, I actually wore my Apple Watch today for the first time in a while, because at least in the cinema, I can see what time it is if I want to on the watch, whereas with the regular watch that I'm wearing most of the time, I can't. I'm, I'm still... The Apple Watch really isn't for me, and 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 I understand it is for some people, mostly people who use it working out and running and, and things like that. And I think it could be compelling for people like my son who runs several times a week who doesn't want to take his iPhone with him when he runs. So he has a Garmin watch. Um, if he were able to do everything with the Apple Watch – uh, with built-in LTE, he might do it. Now, he could use it just for the GPS with the current watch, um, but he doesn't think it's worth it for, for what that is. So they could be trying to make one with LTE for the people who want to take the watch without the phone or for the people who want to use the Apple Watch without an iPhone. And and I think both use cases are interesting. Um, I just, you know, we don't have any idea how many are sold. They said something like 30 million, right? Um, the estimates the are beginning. 30 or 31 and a half million since 2015. To put that in perspective, estimated sales of the Amazon Echo since 2014, that's a product that's being touted as something real special, are less than half the Apple Watch. So the thing is here is that they still sell more in total units on like a Fitbit. So in evaluating Apple Watch sales, what some of these industry surveys do is they lump it into a wearables category, an overall category, wearables, and therefore the Apple Watch is two or three. If it were smartwatches, it's Apple Watch and nothing else because nothing else is coming close and nothing else doing very well. So in general, you might say, well, compared to an iPhone, 30, 31 million is not much, but from zero to 31 million, you know, Apple's making some yeah. progress. We've got a lot more to come, yeah. and we'll talk a bit more about Apple Watch and other possible things from Apple in our next segment with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. 
Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. We all have heard about the benefits of fish oils, but what about the presence of heavy metals, PCBs, dioxins, furans, and other contaminants found in fatty tissues of fish? GCNteam.com recognizes this risk and offers IFOS certified tested omega-3 fatty acids. EPA, DHA, insist on IFOS omega-3 fatty acid certification. Get the best at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2979-855-700-2979-855-700-2979. That's 855-700-2979. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at FullyCookedBacon.com. FullyCookedBacon.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Now, obviously, if Apple puts LTE into the Apple Watch, it's $100 more at least. 
But as we say, it becomes a standalone device. That seems like a lot, but I guess that's what they charge for the iPad to have cellular access, isn't it? It's 130 for the iPad. Yeah, that, that's, it's, it's an awful lot when you consider the price of an Apple Watch. On the other hand, you know, I can't look into Apple's mind, but obviously LTE had to be part of the picture. They've got to obviously look at some way to make this an independent device. Not saying people aren't going to have an iPhone anyway, but it means anyone wants one can get one. They don't have to tether it or depend on any other unit. So that opens up sales prospects. I don't say in the Mm. same way the iPod was opened up when it was available for Windows users, but they're hitting a much larger audience. And like anything else, people buy an Apple Watch and they have an Android phone and they think the next time they need a smartphone, I like this Apple Watch. It seems pretty decent. I'll buy an iPhone next time. Yeah, it could be the sort of gateway drug to the iPhone, if if you think about it. Gateway drug. Yep. Oh, well. I always wonder when we start talking about gateway drugs. It's a family show. We can't do that kind of thing. Yes. All right, but no, I get your point. So do you think it's going to happen? It seems like somebody saw something in this firmware for the HomePod that seems to reveal all this stuff, that it will have a SIM card or a SIM or some kind of SIM capability. Yeah. Apparently the firmware and the HomePod mentioned something. I didn't look into this too closely. Um, It's not surprising. You know, people have been talking about this since the first Apple Watch, and we know that Apple always holds back on features to not dump everything all at once. And again, there is the momentum of the Apple Watch selling. And as I said earlier, if you've got an Android phone and you really don't want to switch, and maybe you can't switch because of your job, you need to use an Android phone and an iPhone, um, it it offers more options. Well, we always assume here Apple has a long-range plan, but also in terms of getting a cellular radio, a cellular radio to fit into that small package and not use too much juice, that is the problem. And it may have been a matter of technology, not just having things rolled out on a deliberate schedule. Well, is it the technology? I'll tell you what worries me is that it's going to use more battery, and that means it's going to have to be even thicker. I mean, the Apple Watch is already quite thick. Uh, It would actually be very helpful if it was thinner, uh, because the battery life's okay when you think about it. Um, you know, when I do use the Apple Watch, I don't use a lot of apps, but I get more than a day's uh, uh, use of it. I've taken it on some overnight trips recently, and uh, essentially I can get a day and a half, so I don't need to bring a charger with me. Okay, but here's the point here, that with an Apple Watch, I don't know if the technology in LTE radios was there yet. Remember, they didn't add LTE to the iPhone until a year or two after it came out because they were waiting for the chips to become reliable. Yeah, right, but that's because it was new. Now LTE's been around for a while, and we're already up to, to 5G. Um, they're already testing 5G now. Well, whatever the reason, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. There you go. It makes sense. But right. at, at $100 more, it makes less sense. Well, if they could do it for cheaper, they would, I guess. You know, they have to recover their costs. You well, know they Apple. could. They don't need to charge $130 or whatever it is for, for cellular in the iPad. They don't need to. They could certainly, what does it cost them, 5 bucks for the chip? 10 It can't be that expensive. It also has to have an antenna system. 
and other components, but well, I can't see it costing $130. Unless Qualcomm wants yeah. all those royalties. Well, okay, so it could be royalties, yes, not just the cost of the chip. Um, but it, it's just kind of, you know, they're going to price themselves out of the market if they continue with things like that. Uh, the, the lowest price right now is $399 for an Apple Watch. You can get one for less if you buy the Series 1. I'm talking about the, the latest model. The latest model is three ninety nine. Well, no, hold on. I'm in the forty two millimeters. So if you go to thirty eight, it's cheaper, isn't it? Um, thirty eight is, let's see, thirty eight is three sixty nine. But you add a hundred dollars to that on that's a little bit less than a third of the cost of the thirty eight, or it's twenty five percent of the cost of the forty two millimeter. That seems like a lot. You know, at a $600 iPod, $100 isn't a big deal, but a $400 watch, all of a sudden, that is more of a big deal, especially because people may buy an additional um, watch band, which is $50 or $100. Um, it's starting to get expensive. Starting. As I said, Apple may be looking at, well, all right, but if a standalone device, maybe some people will pay for it, and that's it. Well, I don't the, know what it other- costs to produce. You see, we're just guessing. We assume yeah, that the, the other- cost of the... LTE radio is a lot cheaper than Apple's charging, that there maybe are being a little too greedy about it. I don't know. The other possibility is that the LTE will only be available in the more expensive stainless steel model. In which case, then that's, that starts at 600 in the 42 millimeters. So if you add 100 to 600, that's not excessive. And I'm guessing that the majority of people buy the aluminum model because it's 400 instead of 600. Um, so the stainless steel is already people who are who want to spend more um, because, frankly, the stainless steel doesn't look that different um, from the, the, the aluminum watch. Well, I haven't bought an Apple Watch yet. I have the Walmart watch got two years ago. 1288 needs a new battery, but Walmart does that for five and a half dollars. So I think I'm going to splurge yep. today. I'm going to splurge $5.50. People rag on me. Oh, you know, Gene, you don't have a lot of money. How can you spend money to put a battery in a watch? It's $5.50, folks. Yeah, so it's the cost of a cup of coffee, right? I don't buy coffee from Starbucks. you got to be crazy. Yeah, but, um, you know, the kind of people who are going to complain about that will compare it to the cost of a cup of coffee. Okay, well, I'm just dollar forty nine for a cup of coffee, but if I go after one p.m., it's a dollar nine with tax. Okay, back to the watch. I'm just looking at the other stainless steel models. So it starts at six hundred. If you get the Milanese loop, it's seven hundred. If you get the black Milanese loop, it's seven fifty. If you get one of the uh, Hermes leather things, it's twelve, fourteen hundred dollars. So adding hundred dollars to those models isn't a big deal. And Apple no longer has the. Edition, the $10,000 one. No, but they do have the ceramic. Um, and the ceramic is 1300 So it's the white ceramic case. Yet it comes with a cheap plastic white band, which surprises me. I, I don't think the ceramic was very popular. Um, I, I've never heard of anyone who actually bought it, you know, in all my interactions with people on Facebook and Twitter and all that. Um, I, and there's only the one model. They've never... Um, come up with a different color or a different type of band or anything. So I don't think that was extremely popular. I think the majority of people are buying aluminum because you don't need to spend the money for the stainless steel with the ceramic. But I could understand that the ceramic would be the one The sorry, I could understand that the stainless steel might be the one that could get LTE. 
We've got more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'll take aluminium myself. <laughs> this is the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. Today, how to get started on incorporating your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step one, stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call incorporate.com to start your incorporation in just 10 minutes or get a free incorporation toolkit, including exclusive information on how to start and grow your business. Call 1-800-943-6798. 
Incorporate.com doesn't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy, so you can start incorporating or forming an LLC in just 10 minutes. Step 3. Congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes, you're on the way to protecting your home, car, and life savings. And that is how you get started on incorporating your business in just 10 minutes. Call 1-800-943-6798. Incorporate.com is giving away incorporation toolkits for free. That's 1-800-943-6798. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So, Kirk McElhern, speaking of aluminum, the authorized way. You know, I don't care because I haven't bought one. I'm not going to buy one. Maybe someday I will. And if I do, fine. Obviously, Apple is sitting there at the head of a market. And soon they may not even be able to say that it's second or third among wearables because it keeps growing. We'll see. Let's look at other gear here, okay? Look other kinds of things. So... We have Apple Watch. We have the iPhones that you may or may not be interested in unless you have to do something in connection with something you're writing. So that's where that is. What else are we going to see from Apple this fall? The HomePod, of course. We've mentioned that. You going to buy one? I probably will, um, if only because it it's part of the sort of iTunes and Apple Music ecosystem. It's not the kind of device that I would buy if it came from another company, most likely. I don't really care about Alexa or, or Sonos or that types of thing. Um, I, I do stream music in my house using AirPlay, so that'll be practical. I'm not convinced that $350 for that device is really the right kind of price, that, you know, because if you want stereo sound, you need to buy two, and that's $700. And for $700, I can get you a decent amplifier and a good pair of speakers and an Apple TV or an Airport Express or something, or even an amplifier with built-in AirPlay, right? So you can stream to and still have a couple hundred dollars left over to buy music. So it, the, the price for me is a little bit too high. I'm not sure what they're targeting. Are they, are they trying to compete with Amazon's Alexa? Are they trying to compete with Sonos or both? Or do they not know what they're trying to do? Because remember when they came out with the Apple Watch, they said it was for three things. One was for telling time, two was for apps, and three was for activity, exercise, and all that. We've seen when the second generation of the Apple Watch came out, that they kind of dropped, they don't even really talk about the time part anymore, and they talk very little about the productivity in the apps. And the the main selling point for the Apple Watch is for people who are active, exercise, you know, runners, swimmers, and, and things like that. There are plenty of other people who use it, but they're marketing it mostly in that direction. So the HomePod could be the kind of thing that they're doing this scattershot marketing, and they'll eventually figure out, if it does work, who the target demographic really is speaking of which what about apple tv that seems to be a moribund product i mean it's out there they're updating it and everything the next generation may have support for 4k and hdr we mentioned that with john martellaro of the mac observer earlier today but what do you think i have a third generation apple tv and i see nothing in the new version that tempts me 
So I have the same, you know, I bought the Apple TV when it came out, and, and I even bought the 16 gigabyte model because I was thinking, well, if they're selling 8 and 16, then there's going to be the need to put things on it. And then when I saw the apps, I realized that I just wasted my money. Um, I What was it, 50 pounds more for the extra storage? But It's not the, 8 the only and 16, that, it's like 32 and 64, isn't it? I don't even know. See, I, I have maybe three apps on mine, so I don't even know. Previously, there was eight gigabytes, and, and this was a sort of buffer storage. So if you were renting a movie, the movie would download, and it would stay on there while you're watching it, and it would maybe stay on there you know, until the 24-hour rental period was over. But I, I just don't find this useful. I use it to stream from my iTunes library. I use it to stream from my Plex library, which is where I put all the videos that I've ripped from DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, and every once in a while, we rent a movie from the iTunes store. I don't need the Netflix app because I've got Netflix on my TV. I might like uh, – the, there's supposed to be an Amazon Prime Video app coming out at some point, And maybe that will be announced whenever the new Apple TV comes out. And, and that would make it easier for me to access everything. So I have to go on my TV for the Prime Video, and I can use Netflix either on the TV or the Apple TV – and I can use Plex on either one as well, but I can only get to my iTunes library from the Apple TV. So the only thing missing for me on the Apple TV is the Amazon app. And, and if that was there, I could always just turn on the Apple TV when I'm watching TV rather than the, the, the TV tuner, the, the TV selector where, you know, all these apps on my smart TV, smart in air quotes. Um, so I would like to see that um, 4K content. You know, Amazon has some, Netflix only has some with a, a, a more expensive subscription. Presumably Apple's going to start selling it. But I don't know how big a 4K uh, movie's going to be to download. You know, uh, HD movies, uh, a long movie sort of like Lord of the Rings or, or a James Bond, you're talking six, seven, eight gigabytes. Is 4K going to be twice that or four times that? Or It's H.265, so... It is better, so it's compression. better compression. So it'll be larger, but not as much. Now, I was looking here on eBay. So it's 150 roughly for the 32 gigabyte model, 200 for the 64. But if you go okay. on eBay, they've got a manufacturer's refurbished model, which is just as good, for $127. That's a 32 gigabyte version. And they've got the regular ones, new ones for sale for like the low 130s. I don't see the reason for the 64, though, unless you're an app-crazy person or you expect to put lots of purchased movies on there. I don't know. Well, you can't really store the purchased movies. You you can't say, I would like to keep this movie on the Apple TV. It doesn't work like that. Um, when you download something to watch it, it will stay there for a while, and I don't know when it, it clears off eventually. Um, it, just for those who are interested in a refurbished Apple TV, you can buy them on the Apple website in the refurb store. They're 129 and 169 for the 32 and 64. But th again, the storage seems to be, um, you know, games, and that's about it. And, and even then, 32 gigs is an awful lot. Yeah, I think the 32, if you can get a refurb from Apple for 100 $29. That's yeah. probably the best deal. But wait for the 5K version. I think you should have 4K. a future-proof 4K. Wait 4K. for the 4K version because you want to have a future-proofed product. And yeah, that way it will be. This way you buy it now. The 4K whenever it comes this, out. And then you yeah, have something that's going to last for a few years and not be replaced by something else until they have 8K. 
Yeah, this is a two-year-old device, so it's it's pretty much at its renewal stage. Um, and don't forget, uh, 4K isn't going to necessarily get you 4K. You need to have the bandwidth. You need to have the 4K TV. Um, if you're using uh, an AV amplifier, you need to have a 4K amplifier. So you need to get a lot of – you need to have your whole chain in 4K. Now, I do. I bought a 4K TV last year um, because I wanted a bigger TV, and there was no point to not get a 4K TV. Um, and I've watched a couple of 4K things on Amazon, but there's not that much. Um, and I do have a 4K AV amplifier that I bought a few years ago, so I am ready. I think I would have to change my HDMI cables, however. That's important to note that there's a certain HDMI version. I think it's 3.2 that you need to do 4K um, and whatever copy protection there is with 4K. I don't know. Okay, See, question I has to ask you here. Your 4K set, does it have HDR? It does, Yeah. It's, it's got all the buzzwords from last year, um, HDR and local dimming and a few other things. Okay, well, then you're no, future-proofed. No, I, I, I am future-proof, and, and I got this last year um, on Amazon Prime Day. It was like one-third off, and it's, it's quite a good TV, actually. All right, we have hope for us yet. A guy here who is a Holocaust survivor... The world's oldest man died at 113. Wow. Okay. And he survived the Holocaust. Yep. Whoa. There's hope for us yet. Apple TV, I have to think about that. As I said, I see no reason not to keep my present Apple TV. Maybe when the next one comes out, I'll take a look. We'll go from there. I don't know. Apple seems to treat it like the invisible product. Doesn't get a lot of attention. Doesn't get a lot of publicity. The improvements in the TV OS 4 don't seem to be very substantial. Just minor stuff. So I don't know. I think Apple's still trying to figure out what it wants to do with that product line. We have more to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you one of the 15 million men who suffer from an enlarged prostate? If your life revolves around finding the closest bathroom, 
If you're tired of waking up many times a night to urinate, then you need to know about Prostate Miracle. Prostate Miracle contains beta-cytosterol, which is 3,000 times stronger than salt palmetto. To claim your $10 Patriot discount, go to ProstateMiracle.com and enter promo code PATRIOT. Or call 877-965-2140. That's 877-965-2140. Welcome aboard. Your new science fiction adventure is ready to launch. Discover an amazing journey at GalaxyQuestBooks.com. Start a new sci-fi adventure with the Guardian series, a classic sci-fi mystery that starts 500 years in the future. From author D. Arthur Gussner. Series available from Barnes & Noble or Amazon as paperback or ebooks. GalaxyQuestBooks.com, where the adventure begins. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original and most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Beans. Self-reliance is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. Soul Arc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So before we go on to anything else that might be left with Apple, Apple TV... You think Apple is still figuring out what's going on with that? This has always been the kind of product that looks good and sounds good, but really doesn't necessarily catch on. Um, it's a crowded marketplace, the, the devices to stream things. And, and, and the first Apple TV came out before there were many of these devices. Remember, the first one was sort of like an iPod in the living room that you actually sync things to. But they're up against a lot of competition, whether it's Amazon's Fire or Roku or things that are built into your TV. Frankly, 
I, I could do almost everything that I do on the Apple TV with my TV set. As I said before, you know, Netflix and Amazon Prime, those are the two major things that I use for streaming. And Plex, these are all available on my TV set. So the Apple TV only really adds me the iTunes store. However, I do prefer the interface on the Apple TV. If I could get the Amazon Prime app, I would rather only go through the Apple TV. The only reason you need the Apple TV today is if you want to access your iTunes library or use the iTunes store. So if you rent or if you purchase movies from the iTunes store. Otherwise, there's absolutely no need. Either your TV has what you need to stream or you can buy a box from another company that's a lot cheaper. And remember, even Roku, which is a lot less than Apple TV, has HDR, at least one version of HDR, and 4K. So that's what you need. And as you say, the TV sets, especially the newer ones, have these app features. I can't say how well they're implemented. But if you're just restricting yourself to maybe Amazon Video and you're getting Netflix, by the way, they're the Fenders, the superheroes from the series from Netflix coming on the 18th of August with Daredevil, Iron Fist. He doesn't know what I'm talking about, Kirk. <laughs> Jessica Jones and Luke Cage coming the 18th. That's you'll get all of them. Anyway, at least until Disney takes away all that, because Disney's going to take away all its streaming from Netflix in a couple of years. And that's going to make it all confusing. Let's talk about a little bit about TV content here. So, what is it, a million or two million people or something have cut the cord? No more big bundles from the TV networks on cable and satellite. You know, we have 300 channels, nothing to watch. They get Netflix, maybe they watch over the air if they can, and maybe they'll get one of the other streaming services. They'll get HBO, they'll get Showtime, we're going to have CBS All Access, and that's it. They free themselves. Supposedly, that means that with fewer customers, cable and satellite companies have to charge each customer more. To me, that's ridiculous. If you want to keep more customers, charge less, but what do I know? So what do you have there in the UK? Do you have like a big bundle of junk to watch? Yeah, Sky TV is has a monopoly. They're the only real company that offers um, satellite. Cable is very limited. Virgin Cable does exist in a number of cities, but cable isn't very widespread. BT, so which is formerly British Telecom, they've started doing TV a while back, and they mainly do TV over ADSL. I don't think there's a big uptake on it because Sky gets most of the sports, including the soccer. It's incredibly expensive. There's no way I want to spend that kind of money just to watch TV. You know, we do have a Netflix subscription, and we have Amazon Prime, so we get video through them. And spending another 50 pounds a month to get a bunch of movies, which some of which are going to be on Netflix and Amazon, maybe not this year, but next year, it's really not worth it. And you do get a bundle of channels, and you get all sorts of things. And, and, and I guess it's practical if you have kids, so they do have a Disney channel as an add-on. But it's just too expensive. I had satellite TV and, and TV over ADSL in France for a few years, but I just don't watch enough TV to want all these channels. There's not that much that interests me. You see, we get to the a la carte thing and the argument about cord cutting is just subscribe to the services you want. The problem is when you do that... The cost it, of the individual services. Right. It adds up. So you have like a slim package from DirecTV and Dish Network here. And you have PlayStation TV. And you have stuff like that. So you spend, what, $30, $40 a month for the slim package, which is like your basic cable and maybe a few frills. And then you get Netflix. And then you say, you know what, I'm going to have the 
the new Star Trek TV series Discovery is going to be on CBS All Access and the spinoff for the Good Wife TV show. I'll get that for another one, $6. You add that up at the end of the day, a basic cable package, if it has all or most of what you want from the cable or satellite company, maybe with a couple of extras, is going to be the same price or less with more convenience yeah. because you're not dealing with 40 apps with different interfaces. You're dealing with yep. one box, one interface, and then you add one or two more. And also, you may have different um, renewal dates for your various subscriptions, um, different payment dates, and it can just get confusing. Yeah. You've got Netflix at a certain date. Your Amazon Prime is probably annual. Um, if you subscribe to the Disney thing, it's going to be whatever date you subscribe. These are all separate companies. Um, I, I think you're going to get people subscribing to Disney if they have kids because Disney is that they do have a lot of good stuff, but I don't think they have enough to make a full streaming service really worth 10 bucks a month, unless they're going to be starting to produce a lot of content that they don't re release in cinemas and, and, and on DVD and Blu-ray. Well, I don't know whether CBS made a mistake or not in offering a Star Trek series with all access. I don't think all access was going anywhere. So this is going to be the tentpole. New Star Trek series. They'll show the first episode on CBS. You want to see episode two and beyond, you got to subscribe. Now, some people may subscribe just oh, for I that. Yeah. But after a while, they're going to say, well, why do I... I can binge watch that unless it's on, you know, every week and you have to keep it for a period of time. But if it's like Netflix where all the episodes are available at once, you know, with Netflix, if you want... You could basically subscribe for three or four months, watch your shows, and then leave it idle for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. I think the problem is that every company sees this as a sort of El Dorado, but unfortunately, as this fragmentation starts happening, people are going to be overwhelmed by it and say it's not worth the hassle. On the other hand, they don't want to pay as much as they were paying before. You know, I hear from people in the States who say they're paying $100 or more per month for cable. Because they've got, I don't know, HBO, Showtime, whatever, extra channels. But still, that's just a ridiculous amount of money to pay for sitting in front of a TV. All due respect for those who like to watch a lot of TV. I think that, you know, spending that kind of money is just not my thing. I wouldn't pay that amount. And I've learned to do yeah. with less. You have to do with less, not just because you get older, but how many hours a day do you have to watch exactly. that stuff? Whether you have 10 channels or, or 100 channels, you can only watch it for, I don't know, a few hours a day, if that's what you do. We watch TV in the evening. Frankly, not to judge people, but there are a lot more interesting things to do. Read some books. Unfortunately, there is a president who doesn't read books right now. Books can be good. They can be even better than TV sometimes, and they can be less expensive when you look at how long it takes to read a, a long book and how much it costs. That's a debate for another day, I think. Kirk McElhern, we want to know more about what you're doing. How do we find out? You can come to my website. It's called Kirkville. It's at www.kirkville.com, and you'll see everything I write about. Okay, you can find us on Twitter if you look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter, and I'll be there somewhere. You can also find me on Facebook, the guy with the red plaid shirt. It's a little bit old now, but I still have the shirt, and I'm still here. Sort of, kind of. All right? We also have a second radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast at Paracast.com. And this episode, we revisit the so-called teenage ufologists of the 50s and 60s. 
who grew up following the saga of UFOs. They're Alan Greenfield and Tim Beckley and Rick Hilberg and Jerome Clark. Some of them have been noted authors on the subject. Also a guy named Gene Steinberg, because these are my closest friends in the world. And it's going to be a fabulous show, especially when two of those guests decide they sharply disagree with one another about history and they get into it. Powercast.com. We have a special version of this show available only if you subscribe to Tech Night Out Plus. You get the commercial free version with better quality audio. So my voice doesn't sound quite as bad with the head cold. To find out more, go to plus.technightowl.com. P L U S. Technightowl.com. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.